Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Advocates Advocates Podcast, the show that is bringing simplicity back into the complicated world of beer, wine, and spirits. I am your host, Spence Kraft, and as always, I am joined by two guests, but wait, we've actually got a third one. We've got our partner in crime, Kenyatta Simuel. He is going to be joining us here on the tasting, and he is actually going to play part as the industry expert as he expertly knows what an East Coast IPA is, should be, and what we need to look for as we are drinking them. Kenyatta, thank you for being here tonight. I appreciate it, and uh, I got some big shoes to fill here. (laughs) I have no doubt that you can do it, and of course, we actually have two average imbibers tonight. This is quite a treat. We have Cody to my right, and Joe Frank sitting diagonal from me. All right, guys. Cody, we are very open about our biases here on the show. Will you tell us kind of what a few of your favorite beers are? doesn't necessarily have to be the East Coast IPAs that we are going to be exploring tonight. Just what do you tend to lean towards? What do you tend to stay away from? Do you have any favorites off the top of your head? And then, Joe, I'm going to shoot this question over to you. So whenever you're ready, uh, go ahead. I love all beer. But no. Uh, love me some IPAs. Sours are up there as well. I don't know, one of the best beers I've had, I would say, is a mood ring by Bearded Iris. Various of those. So you're an IPA guy? Yes. West Coast, East Coast, do you know the difference? Maybe. Maybe. We'll go back to episode one and you will. <laughs> Joe, go ahead and let us know a few of your favorites. Uh, yeah, I guess to start out with different types of beer, I'm more of a pale ale, IPA kind of guy, but on the right day, I can enjoy a stout or a porter, but I kind of tend to lean to those during the winter. And in the last six months to a year, I've been leaning more towards the North Coast IPAs. Kenyatta, do you want to add anything to your experience here with East Coast Haze Craze IPAs? <laughs> Well, I think the biggest thing um, on East Coast versus West Coast IPAs is, you know, one thing you'll notice on East Coast IPAs is the haziness. That comes based on filtration. And more than um, anything, in the United States, we're we're always big on filtering and pasteurization. Um, However, by filtering it, you do strip out some of the taste. And, you know, when um, someone got the idea of, hey, let's just not filter this, all of a sudden it's like, wow, this tastes really good. So that's why you got the haze craze, and you even got Sierra Nevada making a hazy type of beer, for example. So so are we thirsty? Yes. Parched. Well, guys, just as every week, we are going to be drinking left to right. We have three beers in front of us, and we have a very simple table that we follow. We judge beers on sight, smell, taste, finish, and then we come together with a conclusion. So Kenyatta, being our expert, let us know what you think of beer number one with the site. Is it what we should expect, or rather, what should we expect when we are looking at a, say, Northeast Hazy IPA? Obviously, Haze is in the name. It's hazy. But if you don't mind elaborating on it. Yeah, it's definitely hazy. and. Um, you know, this is definitely looking unfiltered, you know, like no filtration's been done. It's got a nice citrusy smell to it that I can pick up. Color, it's got that, it's got more of that yellowish type of color that I kind of expect to see. So everything that I'm looking at looks like North Coast type of IPA. 
Joe, how about you expand on what you're smelling there? When I agree with the color of the beer, that it, it's kind of up my alley with the North Coast typical color I'm used to seeing. But I'd say... Honestly, to me, this smells straight up like orange juice. Like a pulpy <laughs> orange juice. <laughs> I mean, it's, I haven't tasted it yet. I'm going to right now. All right, Cody, what are you tasting? Get tasting. those tasters working. A lot of love. <laughs> a lot of love. It's got a nice finish to it. Yeah. I mean, it leaves the smell of it and everything else across the board. Um, you know, it's, it's something common that I would say is in most, most of them. There's nothing exotic in it. All right, who wants to take the conclusion? Any volunteers? I would definitely uh, want more of this. This is good. It's a good finish. Uh, pretty balanced to me. Yeah, I agree with the balanced taste, but I would also add in that it seems that uh, it almost has more of a, a juice aspect to it that could hide the alcohol taste. Yeah. And the juice aspect is different than the hop aspect that's actually from the beer. Yep. Honestly, even though this is considered an IPA, I'm not perceiving a whole lot of hops. And yeah. I think it's to that point, Joe, that that juiciness is really covering it up. Yep. That's a that's a really good point. And to, you know, in my mind, that kind of makes it a it makes it I want more, but it also makes it kind of a dangerous beer as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who knows? It could be four point two. Yeah, exactly. But right. I like it. As I like to say, without further ado, on the beer number two, Cody. I'm calling you out on this one, brother. Take yes, us sir. through take us through it all. I want you to do sight, smell, taste, finish, and then we'll come together for a conclusion. Alright, uh the smell uh, on a a lot different smell right here. Uh, so it smells a lot mockier than the first one. Looks about the same. Nice yellow. Hazy looking uh, IPA. So the taste, definitely a little more maltier. Not so juicy, almost a lot fruitier than juicier, I'd say. It almost has a, like a, a darker berry. Yeah, maybe uh, I was thinking more grapefruit personally. Grapefruit, um, guava, maybe. But yeah, definitely got some maltier, maltier notes to it. A little more bite on it as well. Um, just want to let you know it's there. It's a lot different than the first one, in my mind. Different in a good way, or take it from a beginner beer standpoint if you're just getting into New England IPAs is this something that you would throw at someone and say this is a good representation of what a typical New England hazy IPA is should be or what is expected Ooh. Um, you know from my from my profile I would say this is probably a better representation than the first one the first one is almost a IPA that was toned down a little bit to appeal to a wider audience. This one definitely, I think, is more of a traditional Northeast, North Coast IPA. 
and you know we, we get into these scenarios where we get into these scenarios where uh, the question is do I want to drink the more traditional or should I steer someone else and obviously it comes back to drink what you love love what you drink but uh, if I'm saying this is what a Northeast, North Coast IPA is going to taste like, this is what I'm going to choose. So. Yeah, I could agree with them on the, uh, the taste aspect, that the beer number two has more of a hoppy aspect to it with the New England twist, the North Coast twist. But personal opinion, I do like beer number one better with the taste. I do like that juice taste is what I've been getting into. But if I were to go for the true North Coast feel, beer number two does have the hop aspect. But the maltiness to beer number two is something that it's kind of like more of an acquired taste, I would say for myself. Very good. Two thirds of the way done here, fellas. All right, Joe. Keep on rolling. You did good with beer number two there. I'm on beer number three. First beer, beer number three, brother. <laughs> let's uh, let's start with sight. What do you see? And then tell us what you smell. And then we'll pass the ball over to Cody. Get ready, right, Cody. Just, uh, I guess with the blindfold on, by smell first, it has more aspects as beer number one. It's got more of that juicy smell, hazy look mid-golden color with a little bit of orange aspect to it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and taste it now. And I would say this here has less less overall malt than the second beer, almost no malt, and it's not as juicy as beer number one, but it still has more of an afterbite of a juice effect versus uh, juice taste that kind of goes that kind of is uh, tasted through the nose, it's actually more tasted through the tongue. That, uh, I'd say uh, has a lot more of a tropical note rather than the other other two beers we've uh, sampled. When you say tropical, Cody, what do you mean by that? Not coconut. I'd say like a guava, maybe pineapple. I'd say a pineapple, orange, yeah, just citrusy, tropical. Citrusy, yeah, tropical. Just, you know, from my perspective, I'm just having a hard time placing this one. It's like first one, profile fits. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk more juice, less juice, okay. Second one, I think fits very well. This one, I'm like um, trying to figure this one out. Um, you know, it's a little bit different. That's good. I mean, that's that's uh, it's definitely a different take in my eyes. I mean, it looks like a haze. I mean, it's, it yeah. smells a little toned down than previous. Um, alcohol-wise, I think some of the juiciness that you were talking about kind of covers it a little bit. But you know, it's a little more pronounced than the first one. Like a pineapple guab taste and it kind of tones down the hoppiness and almost makes it a bland hmm. hop effect with an aftertaste of some type of juice flavor. So guys, let's bring this all together on beer number three. Honestly, I'd say uh, beer number three would be my favorite. Although I do like sours. Uh, it reminds me of a sour just because, you know, uh, there's a little more fruit in sours and a little more uh, interest in sours. But, as an IPA or a 
Northeastern IPA. It's definitely a plus. It's a, it's a good beer. Good beer? Yeah, I would just I would say that this does lean more towards the sour fruit aspect, but it wouldn't it would be kind of like beer number one, where it's a little bit away from a true North Coast IPA. It kind of has some effects to it with a. I want to say lactose, but maybe pineapple guava, like Cody had said. So the juiciness might be covering some of that hoppiness. Exactly. Might be covering some of the alcohol. Yeah, definitely covering some of the alcohol. This is one of those ones I would say be careful with if it's unknowingly right now, but I can tell you it's probably at least six and a half to seven percent in this beer here. Oh, yeah. And Kenyatta, as the industry professional, let's wrap it up. It doesn't fit the profile of the first two, and, you know, it looks like an East Coast IPA. The looks, it looks like an East Coast IPA. How so? Well, it's got the color scheme, it's got the haziness, which are two kind of traits that I take from a North Coast, East Coast IPA. Color-wise, it's about the same. Um, actually, looking at it, it's a little lighter, actually. Now looking at it again, it's a little lighter than the other two, but it still kind of fits a hazy profile. Um, to everything that was said before, I mean, I kind of agree with. Um, if we were, you know, if we had our rating of give me more, not give me more, I would say it's interesting. Um, maybe some of the bias of, of sours that I have is probably floating through on this, because it does kind of have some sour notes on it. Um, but you know, it doesn't drink like an IPA to me, uh, North Coast, Northeast IPA to me. So, um, if I was ranking, uh, this would probably be number three on the list from the profile perspective. But overall, it's still a solid crafted beer. And one of the things I always want to mention on these shows, even if we rank, whatever, you know, the beer that we rank last, it's still a beer if you gave it to me, I would probably drink because it's still crafted very well. And um, it's just... Something I don't think is my style, and then if we're talking about North, North Coast, Northeast IPA profiles, it just doesn't fit where I think it should be. I feel there like uh, there's a lot more involved with the beer. Yeah. Know, rather than making it a Northeastern. Yeah, it's, it's almost like someone took it and they, they tried to get a little funky with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I want to take this time for a little libation education, as we're starting to call it. And everyone's kind of been saying this sour, you know, this sour influence. But what does that really mean when we're drinking beer or wine? I guess you could say in some older age spirits as well. But what that sour is, is it's acid. It's biting the side of your your palate where your acid receptors are and that's what makes you pucker up. Think of biting into a lemon. The side of your mouth, it just kind of squeezes. All of a sudden you start salivating and that's all because of the acid effect. And so what it sounds like with this last beer, it may have a higher acid profile than what the other two had. That's a good call. So there's, uh, there's your libation education for the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> now comes to the part where our two average imbibers and our industry professional 
will rank the beers. Average and Bibers, I want you to rank them based on how you enjoy them. Kenyatta, as the industry professional, I would prefer you rank them as what an East Coast IPA should be and what you'd expect from that East Coast IPA. Perfect. Cody, let's start with you. You got beer one, two, and three, if you don't mind ranking those for us right now. I'll go with the, the three, one, two. I'd say the three just set off a lot of uh, just different things on the plus side of me just drinking a, a good beer, a, you know, IPA or maybe even a sour just because I like those. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the one is really juicy. Uh, would definitely set in the uh, northeastern IPA vibe, and then the the three uh, or number two, but my third choice. Uh, too malty for me, honestly. All right, Joe, you're yeah, up. Yeah, I would. Uh, pretty similar to Cody, but I would say beer number one for me because. I guess it's just been right up my alley for the beer that I've been looking for lately. Beer three, I like the taste of it, but then it had that aftertaste of a, you know, I want to say lactose, but almost a milky, more, almost more of a full-bodied beer than the first beer. And then beer three, the only, I would say it was more of a true North Coast in the taste. You can actually taste the hops in it, and the smell of it and the body look look like a North Coast, but just personal taste. It had a little bit too much malt for me that if we're picking out of these three, then I would go one, two, three, two. All right, so Cody, I've got you three, one, two. Joe, I've got you one, three, two. Kenyatta, that leaves you. All right, um, my rankings are uh, two, one, and three. Um, I think two is probably the best representation of what I believe a North Coast, East Coast style IPA should be. Um, you know, I thought while it was a bit more malt forward, probably of, of what you would expect, but of the three, I think that probably represented um, still the overall um, what we're going for. Um, beer number one, I really do like a lot. <laughs> and, and to be honest, uh, you know, if, if you asked, you know, since we're talking about beer number two, I think represents what a North Coast, East Coast IPA should be. Beer number one, I would probably want to say, hey, I could sit down and drink this one all day. Mm -hmm. It's a good beer. Um, it's more juicy, as you stated before, but I think it still fits that profile. And beer number three, I'm just, I'm still, you know, even a couple minutes after, you know, putting it down, I'm still trying to figure out where it's at. Yeah. Because uh, it, it doesn't really fit the profile, but lo and behold, we're probably going to find out it's probably from one of the oldest North Coast places that make North Coast IPAs. But um, it just doesn't really fit the profile. So I just that's why I rank that one number three. And like you said, full body, there's something else there. It just doesn't taste the way it should. So that's my take. Yeah, and I guess to add on to beer number two, the malty taste that comes in, it almost kind of balances the beer a little bit more because you can yep. taste the malt, the hop, and yep. it makes it a true true taste of beer rather than additives added to the beer to give it exactly. the effect that the brewer was trying to do. Exactly. All right. So this is the point where I get to tease you all a little bit. Are you all ready to know 
what it is you're drinking. Not really. Interested, <laughs> but might need more samples. So left to right, I just go right down the line. One, two, three. Beer number one is actually what I would consider mainstream East Coast. Anybody could probably find at you know their basic liquor store, maybe even grocery store. New Belgium Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. Okay. So this beer actually averages at just a buck thirty-three a bottle at twelve ounces. So very affordable. Nice. And from what you know, what we've discussed, a pretty darn good value as well, especially if you're just entering that uh, northeast haze craze. Maybe you don't want to go west coast, but maybe you want more of that juice, that citrus, that tropical. This might be a good one for you to try out right off the bat. The ABV is seven and a half percent, so most definitely be careful. Don't be tossing these back left and right. You might not make it to the bathroom when you're trying to break the seal. <laughs> So Beer Advocate had this ranked at 3.9 out of 5. Beer Connoisseur did not have a ranking for this beer. And Rate Beer had 87 out of 100. The hops in this are Citra, Cascade, Centennial, Simcoe, and Nougat. The hop profile, it doesn't necessarily mean just because you like one hop over another. doesn't mean the hop bill might not be for you. Don't let hops discourage you from trying new things. Exactly. The description from the website is packed with the bright tropical aromas and brilliant citrusy flavors. This unfiltered IPA wraps up with a pleasantly smooth finish. So that is beer number one. Yeah, that's a good beer. Yeah, I actually like really enjoyed that one and it surprised yeah. me, to yeah, be honest. I, I think that, that was kind of across the board. I think everyone was like, that's a good drinking beer, but. Putting that on my chains of good beers too. And that's it. And, and, you know, to your point, I'm glad you brought up the price point. Mm -hmm. That's a very inexpensive beer to get a yes. good beer. Yes. And easy to find. Yes. Yeah, it's actually one that I haven't seen. And uh, you know a lot of the local good liquor stores around here. Oh, they're around. I've seen it. I just walked yeah. past it. <laughs> All right. So, beer number two. When I saw this, I knew I had to buy it for this tasting today. This is a collaboration between Three Floyds <laughs> and War Pigs. So basically, this is an amazing beer. Yes. <laughs> basically, listeners, what a collaboration is is when two breweries get together and come up with a single beer. So this is the Foggy Geezer. I love the name. Honestly, I love the name more than the beer itself. <laughs> I felt this beer was a little off balance, um, whereas Pinata, you were saying it's what you expected more from that East Coast. You look more for that bitterness uh, because that is what an IPA should be. And honestly, you're probably right. However, I do enjoy, you know, drink what you love, love what you drink. I love drinking juice when I'm drinking <laughs> So the average uh, price for this, and again, this is 12 ounces, is $2 a can. Not terrible. Beer Advocate had this ranked 4.12 out of 5. Beer Connoisseur did not have this beer ranked. And Rate Beer actually had this at 97%. Like, nearly perfect from Rate Beer. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. Uh, no offense. Love the beer. Love, love the beer is my number one. And you know, now that I know Three Floyds made it. Yeah. Okay, that makes some sense. And who was the collaboration with again? Switch War Picks. 
Warpix. Warpix. Yeah. They're a good brewing company. They're a good brewing company as well. So the IBUs on this beer is 70. Again, episode one, IBUs really don't mean much. It's just that perceived bitterness. The ABV, this actually surprised me, is only 6.8%. So an IPA usually sits around 7, but it's just on that lower spectrum. The description for this beer? That seemed like the more alcohol it's the, it's in the, the maltiness that mm-hmm. probably led you down that road the description of this beer is super fruity and dank with firm bitterness i'd say accurate yeah citrus peach which i think peach was thrown around mm-hmm. and tropical fruit aromas yeah. hey guys we did pretty damn good on that one <laughs> <laughs> the uh, final beer that we tasted was actually up in Bloomington, Indiana. It's not too far from us here in Louisville, Kentucky. The Juice in Time from Upland. Average price on this is $2.05 for a 12-ounce beer. So this was the most expensive that we did taste. Beer Advocate had it ranked at 4.21 out of 5. Beer Connoisseur, once again, did not have a ranking for this. But... Rate Beer didn't have the ranking for this either. They only had eight reviews that I was able to find. But alcohol by volume, 6.5%. Okay. The hops on this are Galaxy Amarillo Citra and Eldorado hops. And the description quite long, so I'm just going to condense it down. Juice and Time is a New England-style IPA that's absolutely dripping with ripe tropical fruit and bold, juicy citrus flavors. From the glowing orange appearance to the soft, creamy mouthfeel and delicate sweetness, this beer is everything delicious about tropical fruit juice embodied in a dangerously drinkable IPA. Okay. Uh, That's actually one of the beers I've had, I'd say, about six months ago, and it was at the time of its ingestion, that was one of my favorite beers, and it's funny to see how the taste buds can change. So I do want to point out to our listeners that our highest price point on the beer, which was that Upland Juice and Time, was also the highest rated at 4.21 from Beer Advocate, whereas our lowest price point at $1.33, Beer Advocate had 3.9, which was the lowest. Us here at Advocates Advocates seem to disagree. We believe that that might be a very good first beer, easy to find. And I think one thing as well to put on that, maybe this is another education, a libation education um, item to put out there, is that, you know, perception and price always seems to go hand in hand. And, you know, don't always let price or a rating, even from us, and thank you for listening, um, drive you on what you like and don't like. So always drink what you like and what you love. Very good point. Yeah, I could agree with what he said with that and also in a reverse way, just because it's a cheaper beer doesn't mean that it's not going to be a good beer. Well, thank you all very much for sitting in here drinking some beer with us. I really had to twist your arms, let me tell you listeners, they fought tooth and nail. But had a great time as always. Look forward to doing it again next week with you. Listeners, if you're not following us on Facebook, please go ahead find us on Facebook at Advocates 2 Advocates. That is Advocates, the number two Advocates on Facebook. And while you're there, go ahead, follow us, give us a like, subscribe, share. We need to build a following. We're doing this for free to you all. We are also looking for sponsors. If you do have a small business and would like to 
I have a quick read through. Please send me an email at spence at advocates to advocate. That is S P E N C E at advocates, the number two, advocate.com. And as always, drink what you love, love what you drink, but always drink responsibly. We'll talk to you all next week. Cheers.